Hear now the word of the Lord found in the book of Acts, chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they are all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there are devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at that, this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontius and Asia and Phygria and Pamphylia and Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who are living in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And listen to what I say. Indeed, these are, are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it will be, God declares, that I'll pour out my flesh upon, my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I'll pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I'll show portents in, in heaven above, and the signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you had any dreams lately? Had any dreams lately? Have you had any visions lately? Have you had something that maybe inspired you? Well, that's what we've been asking you as a church to do. I want to know, what are those dreams? What are those visions? Because that's what today is all about. God sending His Spirit upon those first believers and helping them to dream dreams and to gain a vision for something far greater than themselves. We have to go back, though, a chapter <clears throat> in Acts 1 to see what is going on here. You see, Jesus gathered the disciples there in the, in the Judean hillside, and, and he said to them, now, I want you to be my witnesses to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. And you can hear the disciples saying to themselves, well, Jerusalem, yeah, we, we can do that. We're, we're right here in Jerusalem. And at Judea, you know, even though we're Galileans, they eat grits like we do. Yeah, we, we, can, we can be there with them. But Samaria? 
Are you kidding me? You know who those people are? Jesus said, I mean, they're our enemies. They're, they're kind of half-breeds. They, they're, they're heretics. They, they only use part of the Bible that we, that we read, and they, and they worship in a different place. We don't like those people, Jesus. All the ends of the earth? You've got to be kidding me. Do the Greeks? My gosh, they have all those different gods and their morals. You know, they do all sorts of things, and, and they think they're all highfalutin with all that philosophy. You want us to go there? And Rome? Rome, these guys are the ones that have conquered us. They're oppressing us. They're enslaving us. You want us to go there? We can't do that. We don't want to do that. And Jesus said, wait here. I'm going to send upon you my spirit that will not only empower you, but will give you the desire to go out to all these people and reach them with my love, with the message that God has sent a Savior into the world. So Jesus ascends to heaven. He departs, and they wait in the upper room in an attitude of prayer. There they are gathered together, all the disciples praying, and the Spirit comes, as you heard the choir so powerfully just talk about just a minute ago, as a rush of a mighty wind coming down upon them. And as it said there in the text, they began to speak in the languages of all the peoples of the earth. They began to speak languages they could not speak before. They began to share the good news of God's deeds of power to have in languages that touched the hearts of the people in their native tongue, overcoming barriers, building bridges, breaking down things. They began to share, you see, so people could truly hear because they spoke the language. Now, it's interesting that in a lot of churches that will read more than just the one text of Scripture, that in the Old Testament reading for this week is the, the story of the Tower of Babel. I bet you all remember that from Sunday school or Bible school. You remember that God had said to all the people, you know, you go out in all the world and populate it, and what did they do? Just the opposite, kind of like we all do when God tells us to do something. We a lot of times do the opposite thing. So they all, they all gathered there in, the, in, the, in this area called Babel, and they started to build them a big old tower. And God saw that they had gathered there, and they were trying to build something that honored themselves. And, and God said, you know, if they do this, there's nothing that they can't set their minds to that they're, they're going to try to achieve. So their languages were confused. They woke up and they couldn't talk to each other. They didn't speak the same language anymore. And they went out all over the earth, not able to understand one another. But today, on Pentecost, God poured out His Spirit on those believers and they began to speak in languages that people could understand. They spoke the languages of the people that were around them and people were amazed by this. And then Peter gets up and begins to explain to them. He said, y'all, we ain't drunk. It's only nine in the morning. And of course, Peter didn't know some of the people that I knew. (laughs) We're not drunk. We are filled with God's Spirit. And God is sending us out, you see, to share with everybody, to dream dreams, to gain visions, 
things that aren't our visions, our dreams, but God inspired dreams to go out and speak the word of love and truth to everyone, no matter who they are, to break down barriers, to build bridges, to overcome all obstacles and everything that keeps us apart, to speak in the language of the people that are out there that we do not normally relate to. And as we read Acts, that's exactly what they did. Soon after uh, the Holy Spirit came and empowered the people, we read about Philip going to see this Ethiopian eunuch out there in, in the desert. And he proclaims the gospel to this fellow that he normally wouldn't talk to. Because you see, if you were a eunuch, you weren't allowed to go to worship in the temple. And so what was happening was this barrier was being broken down and that someone who was excluded was spoken to with this gospel love and they was brought into the fellowship. And then we read about Peter hanging out in Joppa and he lived in the home of a fellow named Simon who was a tanner. That's just that little footnote there at the end of the chapter. And we might not think anything of it. Tanners are good people. Yeah, yeah, you know, they have got a good job. But the problem is in Jewish law, they were permanently unclean because they constantly handled the flesh of dead animals. And so therefore, if they're unclean, they couldn't go to worship. Yet Peter was willing to go to this person that was outside the boundaries of someone he would normally talk to, speaking his language, reaching out to him, breaking down barriers, you see. And then most notably, most unbelievably, Peter goes into the home of a Gentile. Remember now, Jews and Gentiles, they didn't mingle with each other. You couldn't go into a Gentile's home. That made you unclean. You couldn't go to church. Yet here he goes into a Gentile's home because the Spirit led him there. And it wasn't just any old Gentile. It was a Roman. And not just any Roman, a Roman soldier. And not just a Roman soldier, but a centurion. That means he was a leader of a of hundred soldiers. He was a battle-tested, hardened veteran. That means he had a lot of blood on his hand. He did a lot of that. And yet, it is to this centurion Cornelius that Peter goes because, you see, the Spirit breaks down all barriers. It builds bridges. It rocks our world. It opens up to possibilities that we couldn't dream up on our own. That's what the Spirit does. Causes us to dream dreams and gain visions beyond anything that we could, we could imagine. Trying to reach people that we thought we would never reach. Because you see, the Spirit rocked those early believers. And then they went and rocked the world. I don't think many of y'all have been to the Tongan Islands. You've, you've read about them, I think. You know, a few months ago, that big volcano exploded and then caused that tsunami and washed away some of the out, outer islands. And, and, of course, now all sorts of other things are going on, and we don't hear about what's going on in Tonga, but there's still needs there. It's just, you know, just how the news works. We, we uh, move on to something else, but there's still suffering there. There's still uh, people and having needs. Well, I've been to Tonga. Back when I was in seminary, we took a trip sponsored by the World Methodist Evangelism Institute to go to the Tongan Islands to do a seminar and do some, some mission work. 
And Tonga is a, a wonderful place, beautiful place in the South Pacific, about 1,500 miles northeast of, of New Zealand. And as we uh, uh, were there, we heard stories of what happened there in Tonga. And, and there was a time at the main church there on Nukalofa, the, the, the main island, that the, the people were meeting there in the Centenary Methodist Church because Methodism is the official religion of Tonga. In fact, the Tongan king was a Methodist lay pastor. There they were gathered in this church, and they prayed for the Spirit to come down upon them. And they were so enthused, and they were so uh, in, engaged with the power of the Spirit, and it rocked the place so much that people wondered what was going on, and they called the police on them. I mean, that's how, how loud things got there in the church, because they were so caught up in the Spirit. And the Tongans, well, the Christianity obviously wasn't their native religion, but about 170 some odd years ago, two Methodist missionaries, John Hutchinson and John Thomas, went there to bring them the gospel. And there in the main harbor there at Nukalofa, there is a statue to the Holy Spirit, recognizing that when Christianity was brought there. And they celebrate the Holy Spirit's coming to them. And what those Tongans did, they couldn't contain the spirit that had come upon them. They said, we've got to go share it with others. So they got in their outrigger canoes. I mean, these are small boats. And, you know, they're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And they start paddling and sailing to the outer islands of Polynesia and Micronesia, sharing about Jesus Christ because the spirit drove them out. Most notably, to Fiji, their enemies. They were at war with Fiji. And they said, no, we have got to share with these people this good news of Jesus. And so they paddled over 500 miles in the Pacific to share with the Fijians about Jesus. Because, you see, the Spirit rocked the world. It gave them a vision of who to reach. It enabled them to have, a, have dreams of reaching people that they couldn't ever think about reaching on their own. The Spirit inspired them, you see. At that conference, I'll never forget uh, our, our professor that took us there, a guy named George Morris. And he said these words. He said, no Holy Spirit, no evangelism. And then he said this, though, no evangelism no Holy Spirit. Meaning, if we aren't reaching out in love, if we aren't sharing this good news of Jesus Christ and in word and in deed, then we have to ask ourselves, is the Spirit of Christ dwelling within us? We have to ask that question, you see. For the Spirit of God isn't done working yet. Amen? Amen. So, we have to learn through the Spirit giving us the vision, giving us the dreams, enabling us to break down barriers and speak in the language of others. Because we, y'all, have far greater barriers than the differences that we might have with the language. I'm not talking about knowing French or German or any other language. I'm talking about the barriers and the divisions that are in our world the young and the old, one political party or another, pro-life or pro-choice, gun control or gun rights, Auburn or Alabama, you know, the biggest one. Well, I wore a red shirt today, y'all. Okay, I'll talk about that in a second. Said that to see if you're awake. 
Our North Carolina State friends are happy today, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, wouldn't it be wonderful if the young people learned the language of the elderly to reach and talk to them and the elderly learned the language of our younger people to share the good news of love of Jesus Christ to them. Wouldn't it be interesting if Republicans would speak the language of Democrats and Democrats the language of Republicans and be able to share love with one another? Wouldn't it be interesting if people that were on the gun rights side and those that are on gun control side, learn the language of love to be able to share and speak with each other so that we could talk with one another and share love with each other. In our own denomination, it wouldn't be interesting if, if people that were conservative and people more progressive would learn the language of one another and share with each other what barriers would be broken down, what love could happen, y'all, if we learn the language of the other. If we let the Spirit inspire us, it can happen. It can happen. As I joked, I wore a red shirt today. You know, that's what we said. We, we could do that. But this church also gave us an option to wear yellow or wear orange. Now, remember who I support in athletics and had lots of people in my family go to school there, Auburn University, and I was so excited. I even ironed my orange shirt. I couldn't wear it, wait to wear that on Pentecost Sunday. But God said, no, wear red, the color of the University of Alabama. <laughs> to show that all divisions are broken down. For y'all, when tornadoes hit Tuscaloosa, the home of the University of Alabama. Auburn icon Bo Jackson organized a bike ride across the state called Bo Bikes Bama. And lots and lots of people from Auburn went to go and help the people whose homes and lives were destroyed by a huge F5 tornado that hit that place. And then when a tornado hit Lee County, destroying homes and churches, who came to show love and care near those broken people, people from Tuscaloosa and the university. And if you don't, have never lived there, that's quite a division. But love speaks into the, the language of the other and overcomes division and brokenness and hurt. So we have to ask ourselves, where is the Spirit sending us? To whom is the Spirit sending us? May be to people that we, well, wouldn't want to go to. But that's what God does so often, to give us the power and the desire to reach people with a vision that can only come from this Holy Spirit. For you see, God is still in the spirit-giving business, is in the vision-giving business. God is still in the dream-giving business. God still pours out His Spirit upon all people. 
He did it with the prophet Joel by saying, young people dream dreams and old men will have visions. Even the slaves will prophesy. You know, he, he continued that in the life and work of Jesus Christ as Jesus lived out God's great dream for humanity and showed us what it means to be loved. That vision kept being poured out into, into Apostle Peter where he said, I see in God there is no partiality for people. In the Apostle Paul, he said, I see neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. The Spirit came, you see, on St. Francis and said, go out to the world, preach the gospel, and then sometimes use words. And then to missionaries like Jean-Jean Perouf, who went to the Huron people, learned their language, lived with the people to show them the love of Jesus. And our own John Wesley, who said, the world is my parish. And then the vision came to Martin Luther King and who proclaimed loudly, I have a dream. And that dream was inspired, yeah, maybe by the American dream, but more importantly by the dream that God has for all humanity. For you see, God is still in the dream given, vision in part, and mercy showing, love proclaiming business breaking down barriers, building bridges of love. Question is, are we listening? Are we bold enough to ask the Spirit to come to give us a vision where you're leading this, your church, the Boone United Methodist Church, for the people gathered here and those who gathered online? We ask people from Easter to Pentecost to pray and to fast and to see what vision God is giving to us as a church as we seek God's leading into the future. And we ask people to write those things down on the butcher paper. It's in the chapel in the Family Life Center. And though not as many people wrote stuff down as we hoped, we still had people that did that. And so here now in the voices of your fellow members, dreams and visions, that you, the people of God, are hearing the Spirit speak to us today. Have no mortgage so we can do more for others. Support personnel for our staff. Support Family Promise as a resource to help families with jobs and housing. Secure a home for a refugee family and a home for someone in need. Dittoed. Invite people to go to church to tell them about Jesus. Save energy through facility and lighting upgrades and use the savings to support missions and fund local emergency relief efforts. Beautify our worship spaces, remove baffles and replace them with banners and other materials that help us glorify God. Create pickleball courts to engage young people and senior adults. For our faith community to use our gifts, assets, and resources to create housing for those already in our community who are vulnerable and experiencing poverty as we live into loving our neighbor even more fully. We can do all things needed and more. Minister and walk with the broken and the downcast. Build an affordable community, tiny home community. Give food to those who don't have any and invite them to come to Thursday night dinners. 
We become more intentional in the ways we engage and build relationships with those outside the walls of our church. That people will come to know Christ. To be debt-free, to do more for our community, our neighbors, and our world through missions, and at the same time to repair and update our church and build a new building to house Crossroads, a youth loft, full-time daycare, and to be a place for our community to gather. Provide intentional and affordable housing for beginning teachers. Help with affordable housing. New chairs and new carpet for our current facilities. For people to come to learn about Jesus. A laundromat and trash service for people who cannot afford those services. Provide more support for Habitat for Humanity. For people to forgive each other's transgressions against one another. Support children's literacy programs during the summer. We can do all things needed and more. And I did not write about pickleball on the... <laughs> God's Spirit has been speaking through you to us. Now it's up to us to see how we, the church, are to live out these visions and maybe even more so that people in this community will know that this church loves them and that we can invite all to discover life in Jesus Christ. May it be so. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.